Bates talking to the party. He's Bill. I'm Daddy. We're going to fill a pop cultural hoods with various pieces of media we missed the first time around. I always heard about this movie, but I never actually watched it until now. See, this is me shuffling and dancing while you're doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> what is that music from? It almost sounds like Peter Gunn. It's kind but of, it is kind of like, like I don't. It almost sounds. It gives me a like a Final Fantasy VI feeling. <laughs> that for really? Some scene in some scene in that kind that, of that, maybe? the big brassy kind of like yeah, yeah kind of shuffling <laughs> dancing music. Yeah. But yeah, this week we're talking about, I think it was 2004, the Stephen Chow uh, comedy, not quite a musical, but kind of very strange, goofy kung fu movie, Kung Fu Hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's your history with uh, Stephen Chow and kung fu history, or kung fu I stuff? don't think I have one. Yeah, okay. This was, so this movie yeah, came this out. Yeah, this is your pick. I came out shortly after I kind of stopped watching kung fu movies. I think I got a little burned out when uh, Crafty Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I watched like the five hours of that and I was like, hey, yeah. kind of done with kung fu for a while. Because yeah. I've ingested a lot of it. Not a ton. Which is funny because there's a lot out there. Yeah, a lot but. of people can like consider that like kind of the. Well, that in combination with The Matrix kind of started a new like. Well, not really revolution in kung like, fu movies, but like a Western like, appreciation of kung fu movies. Uh, Cartoon Tiger, Hidden Dragon is very pretty to look at, but I, I was like, this wire work. Well, the wire work in that movie, too, is like, that I just really like does... it when people punch and, like, at each other. And well, kung... I like the skill behind it. I don't care. And the choreography. I don't care about people dancing on bamboo. Yeah, Punching Tiger, Killing Dragon. Punching what the tiger. fuck it's called? Punching Tiger, Really leaned into the wushu wirework stuff where they yeah. don't even try to pretend it's realistic. Because yeah. you have people, like, who are obviously on wires, just, mm-hmm. like, dancing on the top of these big, billowy bamboo leaves. And, whereas, yeah, I kind of, I'm a, I, me too, I mean, I liked, I I thought Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was really good, it was really beautiful. Yeah, I, Loved I, the I, cast. I didn't say I didn't like it. But I could see that it was very lyrical, and like I said, the kung fu was not like, if you're, if you kind of grew up with like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee movies, where it's a very like, feet on the floor, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that People stuff could be fa- as fantastical dust, as too. Dust well, flies everywhere. That's, that's my, my kind favorite. of kung fu. If you have a kung fu movie where people's arms are wrapped up in dust and when they make that impact, it seems even more yeah. impactful. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah which kung fu hustle, hustle kind of like combines both. Hmm. Where it's like both kind of like the quote unquote gritty kung fu with like the cartoon. Well, this goes all CGI in the most ridiculous fucking McDonald's Happy Meal commercial kind of way. Yeah. But yeah, um. So when did you see it? I saw it in theaters. Oh, okay. Uh, which, <laughs> the reason I saw it in theaters was, uh, I was at, like, San Diego Comic-Con, like, a year or two before this movie came out, mm-hmm. and I was super tired, had been bumming around the San Diego Comic-Con floor all day, and there was, like, an empty chair somewhere, like, where someone was showing anime or something like that, and I sat down, and there was, like, one of the TVs they were showing off random stuff, like, some of the videos they were selling and stuff, was the end of this movie, it was a live-action movie. Uh, about a, a soccer team uh, doing mm. kung fu soccer stuff. Yeah. And I saw the very end of that movie, which I can't really talk about, because that if we ever tackle that, that's actually kind of a great spoiler of what Shaolin that movie soccer. is. Yeah, but it turns out later I found out it was Shaolin Soccer. Mm. But it amused me so much that when I found out that, like, just like a year later, that the guy who made that Shaolin Soccer movie, that I'd only seen the end of that movie, uh, he was coming out with a new movie called Kung Fu Hustle. I was like, how pay to see that in the theater? Because if that... Kung Fu Hustle is anything like the ending of Shaolin Soccer. I will. That sounds like it would be a good fucking time. Mm. Yeah, and I saw it in the theater. I was like pleasantly surprised. Mm. Kung Fu Hustle is fucking bonkers. Yeah. I 
when I first saw Kung Fu Hustle, I was a little disappointed because I thought it would be more like a straight up like Kung Fu gangster flick. Mm. I was a little more surprised at how much of this is just mostly about poor people and instead of there's Kung Fu, but so much of it is like the weird CGI goofball shit yeah. that I had never seen a Kung Fu movie that relied that much on special effects. Yeah. Like post-production special effects. I mean, technically all Kung Fu because like they're all on half the times they're on wires and shit like that, mm-hmm. but it's. Yeah, it kind of threw me for a loop. What, what a weird genre mashup this movie this movie is, and yeah, is is that like how it was made with so many kind of crazy like yeah CGI effects and stuff? What do you think? I got really drunk. <laughs> so yeah, before I started this, your wife on Twitter Holy yesterday shit, was I, talking about I, how drunk you were. I started watching it and I was so confused. Well, I was, were... I was like, what's who are these people? What's going on? Why? What? Who, I mean, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? I don't know. Oh shit! That is simultaneously. I made a bad choice. That is simultaneously the worst and best way to to watch uh-huh. this movie. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go back and rewatch like the first twenty minutes this morning because I didn't remember what happened. <laughs> so wait, you were just getting drunk putting together IKEA furniture before you watched this? Correct. Yeah, which I could see why you would get drunk. My wife Having to wrestle like, with all that yeah. IKEA furniture. Yeah. Um, is uh <laughs> then he decided to relax with the fucking kung, kung fu, fu hustle oh man but yeah uh, how does all, this movie even start? all i knew about it was it supposed to be shit silly as shit yeah oh you know what's funny because when you uh, texted me earlier in the week you your your quote-unquote your your uh, text was sure we can use some stupid punching after all the happy dancey cartoony shit we've been ingesting mm. and i laughed <laughs> knowing <laughs> if if you didn't think this contained happy dancing cartoony shit you were <laughs> fucking wrong <laughs> i mean maybe not so much with the dance but there was a little bit of dancing a little but bit in terms yeah. of the cartoony shit like you're like this is this is gonna outpace anything else we've done so mm. far but yeah yeah oh my god so there, there's some guy in uh there's it's it's a police station and people yeah, are just it's, standing it's, around listening to the sounds of kung fu fighting yeah it's like 1930 shanghai yeah yeah it was that i thought it existed outside of time and space I, well, it really does because it's it's just like yeah but i mean like the cars and the fashion everything mm. it's supposed to be 1930s but it is a very much a, when was this in sh- relation to gangs of new york <laughs> what well actually that's not maybe even the same year actually because uh, well the, the the axe gang is very yeah their top hats the, and yeah, everything yeah. like that that's actually a really good point. Oh, I would love to see the Axe Gang show up like in a new edit of Gang of uh, Gang, gang oh, of gang, Thrones. Ga- oh God, uh, Gang of uh, Gang of New York, Gang Gangnam Style of New York. I hate you. <laughs> that oh, two thousand two. So okay. it may have actually been a little bit inspired by this because everyone is very like. Yeah, they're wearing, like, super comical, like, big top hats. Like, almost like something you would see in Gangs of New York because the costumes in Gangs of New York are extra bonkers. Yeah. And this is a little more like that where instead of, like, normal top hats, it's, like, the big stovepipe Abe Lincoln top hats that a lot of these guys are wearing. But, but uh, they don't show up quite yet. No, a guy gets thrown into a sign that says Super Crime Fighters. Yeah. And then a guy, guy in a cowboy hat yells, Anyone else? So it's the idea that this is the leader of the crocodile game because he's got big crocodile skin boots on Mm -hmm. and he's got this big floppy hat and he's like marching into the police station. Is he trying to get somebody like his his wife got arrested for spitting? Oh, that's what it was. So I guess. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your wife. And and they go up. They leave the police station, go out to the street and the the movie's barely begun. So my first half of my notes. 
you should know that I was very drunk when yeah. I wrote them. So <laughs> shit's probably not going to make a lot of sense. But oh, you know, it's the, just like, the, huh? the movie what? barely begun and the style of the film is, was a little overwhelming because it's so stylized. Yeah. Well, just even aside from the subject matter, the cam- there's all the camera shots are always kind of like extreme angles yeah. and like it's all very and the, even from the start of the movie it exists in a very cartoony universe mm-hmm. yeah so they go out to the street where they get surrounded by people in suits and top hats well this is yeah this is the leader of the crocodile gang and his wife yeah. they have just successfully like cowered all the cops mm-hmm. in the police station and they, all... they shoot a firework in the air to signal for help but the guy who I guess is the leader of this gang says no need for that northerner while you were messing with the cops, your men signed up with us. Yeah. And that guy smiles. He's got terrible teeth. And I love the accent. Yeah, they're all dressed in dapper black suits. And like I said, yeah, half of them have big weird top hats on. And the axe gang guy, it's pretty much just himself and his wife. And I think maybe one other guy with him or something like that. Mm. Or, no, got, no, not even like that. It's just him and his guys. wife. No, yeah. he's got three or four guys. Oh, okay. Because uh, he says, I'll kill all you axe gangsters. And all his men get shot with Tommy Gun- by Tommy that, Guns okay, and stuff. Yeah. Which I and do he love- starts to run, but then somebody throws a hatchet at him and his leg <laughs> pops off and he falls down. That's a sure and I'm facts. Confu- and I'm confused. <laughs> uh, uh, so the lead guy walks over to him and is like, stop, you forgot the time I treated you to dinner. Then he gets axed to death in front of his wife. Yeah, the leader of the axe gang just, like, takes a lot of glee and just chopping his shit up. Yeah. And she's like, huh, spare me. And he's like, I don't kill women. You can go. She says, thanks, big brother. And she kind of shuffles off with her axe well, shaking. She starts to run, turns around, starts to walk away, but he motions and is given a shotgun and then he shoots her yeah, in the back. Yeah, sawed-off shotgun right Seems in the back. he does kill women. He's a butthole. And this guy, the leader of the Axe Gang, he's like the super skeletal guy with like sunken face and just like, he looks evil. He's got like these big moon eyes and mm-hmm. just kind of, like this little, this, <laughs> this little John Waters mustache and everything. And he the, looks like a, he looks like the human version of one of the weasels from Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and this yeah. is when I first wrote I think I picked the wrong movie to watch drunk. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and with the way... Yeah, he... This is the most violent thing that really happens in the movie in terms of, like, bloodshed yeah. and people getting mowed down by I guns. But, but uh, um, and at this point, I am unsure if the movie is confusing or it's just Chinese cinema. Mm-hmm. But they get the guys, the leader of the Hatchet gang, Axe Gang is like, cops, come clean up the mess. And then they start dancing. Blah, 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 well, and there's intermi- intermixed with scenes of, like, crime scene, black and white crime scene photos with hatchets buried in people's backs and stuff. All just showing what it's all very confusing. iron grip the axe gang and has then, on Shanghai. And then it's the axe gang. And then as they do that, his group of dancing guys gets bigger and bigger as they <laughs> shuffle around. And then they all hold up their axes, except, and then it says the axe gang, except those aren't axes. Those are hatchets. Hatchets are smaller. These are smaller. Also, mm, well, then, which... And if 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 it's double bladed, does that have any impact on whether or not it's a hatchet or an axe? Well, these aren't double bladed. Also, well, also the, we watched the same copy of the movie. Our uh, subtitles are different than other people's subtitles because going online, hmm. there's some subtitle jokes in this movie that I didn't see pop up on ours because there's like hmm. a Spider-Man like with great power comes with great responsibility joke that is in one one subtitled version of the movie right. that I didn't catch. Oh, I, that was Unless, I saw it. Oh, I must have been taking this notes had and, two like, subtitle choices. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh. Oh, maybe I just read, maybe I read a different one than you. Maybe. Or something like that, so. But yeah, okay. Anyway, it's the Axe Gang. 
And it gets uh, some title cards that say, In a time of social unrest and disorder, the gangs have moved in to consolidate their power. The most feared of them is the Axe Gang. Only in the poorest of districts, which hold no interest for the gangs, can people live in peace. It's Pigsty Alley. I love it just called Pigsty Alley. Yeah. Like, it's the sign in front of the place called Pigsty Alley. Mm-hmm. Shots yeah. of people leaving their daily life. A tailor. Noodles and congree. Uh... Landlord's walking around in his morning silk pajamas, flaunting his power, getting yeah. free food and I shit. I do love this Generally set. being an annoying twat. Yeah, I love that it's this big outdoor U-shaped apartment block, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, five stories tall. And uh, it sounds like they built this whole place from scratch. Mm-hmm. This is not a location they went to go film at or anything like that. Yeah, everything's kind of... I almost want to say nice and dirty, but I just love how lived in... And fucked up everything kind of looks and feels in this place. It feels so nicely different from all the nice, glossy, like, inner-city Shanghai stuff we just saw with the Axe Gang. Yeah. Yeah. He goes into a tailor who's making an alpha for a lady with huge teeth. Yeah, well, that's what you're, like, you're, like, everyone in this movie is kind of, like, a weird archetype. Not even a stereotype, but, like, an art. Yeah, like, the, uh, this lady seems to be the hottest lady in 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 pigsty alley but she has these lady she is like this she's not ugly but she is just to have di- giant a big grill the tailor is in this tiny tailor shop where like the clothes he's selling and like he's got like one like kind of threadbare suit and one kind of like threadbare ladies uh like dress in the window and it's very tiny and it's super dingy and I, and like and, and he is supposed to be i didn't pick up on it until later but he's well i'm imagining a chinese stereotype of a gay man is yeah because he's all kind of not there's I certain mean, times he, when it they doesn't call really it come out till but, later but yeah. like he's kind of flouncy whenever and he gets watching the first part of it knowing that yeah sober he, he definitely <laughs> they definitely try to exaggerate his movements like a lot of hand flops and, it's it's very gay and poses not and even, stuff. i don't even know if you want to call it gay panic but it's very like yeah he's just kind of like a very feminine like hey and the la- landlord wife it's what it's what straight guys think gay guys are. Exactly. Like, hey, 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 yeah. yeah. And whenever there's trouble and he has to run, he If like, you've seen the flounces. clip from uh, uh, Drunken Master where Jackie Chan is trying to do the lady version, yeah. it's that kind of shit. Well, there's a whole thing in Chinese. All these actors came from, like, Chinese Peking opera, and it seems like they've been taught to act like a woman or, like, a gay guy is exactly the same thing where you just, like, lift your wrist and just be like, hey, 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 mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, uh, he's like, oh, what's that back there? And she turns her head and looks, and when she turns back around, he's moved in close, and she kisses him. Oh, you mean, yeah, the landlord. Go big! There's landlord husband and landlord wife, and this Mm -hmm. is landlord husband, yeah, in his silk pajamas, just kind of, like, running around (laughs) the the apartment complex, just, like, getting in trouble. This movie's shot in a very unique way, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing. But I feel like that's kind of something that misses from a, a lot of American comedies, where they don't try to make it feel unique or as like Chinese and Japanese cinema they go fucking all out to make their comedies feel weirdly comedic yeah. in America they're just like no no well, don't take no risk they we actually take like shot composition they're willing to do like crazy shot compositions and everything to like heighten the humor yeah whereas like especially these days where so many American comedies are just like lock off the camera just have the actors just like riff and improvise mm-hmm. like well that's all like, well that is, but that doesn't even in the past well even so in few the past movies but now it's even got worse tried. these days where there, there's not even any any attempt at actually making the filmmaking itself add to the yeah. comedy uh but 
Well, it's not like Ghostbusters is shot like super funny or anything. No, like that. that's what I'm saying. Like Asian it's not like there's crazy to try different Dutch angles or anything comedy. like that. Yeah, but in America, we're like. Well, no, Stephen Chow is known for being a particularly like bonkers filmmaker. Even we don't by even Asian have standards. really particularly bonker filmmakers like this in America. I'm trying to think who would be the closest to this. I mean, we have unique styles like fucking Anderson. I was about to say West Anderson, like stylized, but not yeah, quite. But not comedically like well, and not also comedically unique. The, the the visual language of this movie is very cha- Charlie Chaplin and very Looney Tunes, and the mm-hmm. filming the filmmaking style is kind of like warped to accentuate that stuff. Yeah, and yeah, you really don't see that a lot. in... Yeah, I'm trying to think of any like, live, live kind... action comedies yeah. Western style that are quite like this. Uh, actually, yeah, listeners, if you can think of anything that's kind of close to Kung Fu Hustle in terms of its like, yeah, though, like let let us know because I'm kind of wrapping my brain. I can't think of anything that's quite like this. At least in terms of big budget, like comedy, and I think features. also the fact that we are Americans watching a foreign film helps with the comedy because I think stuff that made me laugh in this, I don't know if it would necessarily translate to American sensibilities in American comedy. How so? Like, there's a, I'll talk about it. well, there's a scene that comes up right uh, in a little bit mm-hmm. where. The landlady beats up the landlord <laughs> yeah. and throws him out the window, <laughs> and he crashes down on a boink, 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 and plop. And it seems to and die. Yeah, it seems to die. <laughs> His blood and is fucking. <laughs> it's funny. And I don't know. And he, he's just laying there, and somebody pokes him with a stick, and he goes, nah, wah, like to get a, go away. But. I don't know if that would necessarily work in an American. You could probably film. you could probably translate a lot it, of but the, you'd have a, to. Ch- I don't know if you'd have the, to change it, but like yeah. a lot of the weirder shit, I don't know, because you can just be like, oh, that must be what their culture's like over there. But I don't know if that would necessarily play. There's got to be stuff like I know I've seen stuff like that's kind of like at least a spiritual cousin to this, but I can't think of it off uh, off of it. Uh, there's gonna be something like three weeks from now I'll be watching this and I'll be like, oh, this is kind of like the the Western version of Kung Fu Fu Kung Fu Hustle that I, I wish I had remembered while recording this 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 episode yeah but. i'm sure there is stuff but at the same time like but i yeah. think I, I think the fact it is unique to our <coughs> our viewing experience it helps with the humor which is funny because like the, the the whole humor in this film is based off of western stuff well yeah. not i mean the humor is okay humor is universal yeah. at least physical humor and a lot of the stuff in this movie that's why it translated so well to the west mm-hmm. but like but it is funny that, like, very specifically, the, the language of the stuff that Steve, Stephen okay, Chow is working so, off, so, like I said, oh, is Charlie chicken. Chaplin and, uh... Don't... Oh, it's very much so. Joshin. Oh. Joshin just sent me a note saying, poop back and forth forever. I'll, li- I'll click that link later. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I, I've seen some animation of that, but... Um, yeah, it's, anyway. been, well, it's been my fantasy and my dream to be able to poop back and forth forever with another person, with, I guess, with okay, our so, buttholes so, kissing. But yeah. To use another example of, of how this sh- shit I don't think works quite as well in American culture as it does watching Japanese or Chinese culture do it, Ninja Warrior. Have you seen Ninja Warrior? That was Ninja Warrior. Oh, so say you don't know Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. Ninja Warrior is a, a television show that they showed on G4 all the time. Oh, is this the obstacle course? Thing? Yeah, it's the obstacle course. I've heard but of it. Well, it was, seen, like... it was really entertaining to watch because you'd have the, the Japanese announcers be like, NEGADAYA! <laughs> Getting super stoked when yeah. people would do good. And then they translated it and... Or not translated. They 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 brought oh, out um, localized it. Yeah. They no. They brought out American Ninja Warrior, which was all oh refilled. It, was, it wasn't even yeah, like the same no, footage or it happened like that. here in America, oh, and it was American yeah. announcers. And it, I never watch it because it's fucking boring. Because you don't have super hyped Japanese dudes screaming, and it's just 
It's not the same feel. Or like, well, there's okay. even stuff like when they brought over the Great British Bake Off. Doesn't have necessarily even have to be like Western versus Eastern, yeah. but like, like because they had like different, like they tried to remake that show, but it was had different hosts with a different sensibility, and that's that's even way subtler than that. You can make it but, work because, uh, um, oh, what's the name of that fucking obstacle course show? Uh, uh, Wipeout. Wipeout. See, that's what I was thinking. That was, like Ninja Warrior. That was good yeah. enough. And they were kind of aping on Takashi's Castle MXC, mm-hmm. Ta- but Takashi Takashi Castle wasn't MXC. MXC was its own thing. But yeah. like, yeah, I I think you can make that work. But I don't think I think American Ninja Warrior is a good example of uh Western producers and shit not knowing what american audiences like about the source material yeah because well they overthink it or they think they have to dumb it down to appeal to normal american people rather than just the people who enjoyed the original version of whatever eastern is but yeah i do agree like it is a real bummer when uh what is even funny to us about uh asian comedy stuff gets neutered because they like it's like 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 yeah like like in a show where the announcer is so great Mm -hmm. like the energy like, it doesn't even matter what they're saying, but just the energy of that lends so much power to what it is that you're watching. Like, kind of like they did the same, same thing with Iron Chef, where they did an American version of Iron Chef, and they yeah. took out all the funny, like, incongruous, nonsensical parts, which was half the entertaining, uh, which was half the enjoyment of watching the original version of Iron Chef, even if you're just watching it dubbed, which is technically not the, but you're watching the original footage, and you're getting the gist of what the original show was like, even yeah. though it's being processed through the fact that it's dubbed. But then when they try to remake it from scratch, and they take out like chairman kaga who's the guy who's supposed to own the iron chef castle and the fiction <laughs> of the whole reason why the show exists is because he's trying to pit all the best uh, chefs in the world against the sh- iron chefs that he owns like slaves i guess <laughs> whereas in like the american version they just kind of make it to kind of more generic just yeah. cooking challenge like yeah you're kind of missing the point of what made the original so special even aside from like the language barrier stuff yeah, and that kind of like extends to even like physical comedy stuff like that. Sometimes things can get like I don't know, but I do. But I do love the Charlie Chaplin Looney Tunes world that this this movie uh, exists in. Yeah. Um. Some guys getting his so back to the movie. Yeah. Some guys uh getting his washing his shampoo out of his hair in a, a pump. He's just dinging all over the place today. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, I I think my housemates are having a conversation about goofy stuff. But yeah. And the water stops, and he's like, this is a, the, his, this guy's character is, his ass is half hanging out all the time. Oh, yeah, the weird little mustache guy. Yeah. Like, he's like a, he's like a 17-year-old kid who, yeah, he's trying to take a bath. He's trying to wash his hair, shampoo yeah. his hair. And he then tries to wash his balls while his pants are still half on, which I'm not quite sure how the hell you even pull that off. But, I don't know, yeah. but, uh, he's like, the water stops, and he's like, hey, landlady, what happened to the water? He don't run out, run out of it while he getting washed up at the pump, and water ain't free. She says no more w- water on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Water ration Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So I guess Sunday's the only day where they get just get free full water. Though maybe yeah. she's abrasive. Yeah, I love that. I love I love landlady wife. Mm. Yeah, she runs to her husband who's peeping out of the bathroom, but pretending he's looking out for people who's in the bathroom. He's like, I'm looking out for peepers. You seen anybody? He has a lady who's walking out, and she just points at him. He's like, oh, I shouldn't accuse people. Yeah. So she beats him up and throws him out a window. Well, it is also, funny. She, she also I sees that him. he's got, like, the, the lipstick, lipstick kiss mark street, from, yeah. from Big Tooth Lady earlier in the yeah. film, which, you know, looking up the Wikipedia article for the characters in this movie to see what their actual names are, mm. their character names are just, like, Taylor, yeah. Cooley, like, yeah, yeah. which... Oh, 
fact that like the ca- character's name is actually Cooley, which is a racial epithet for Asians. Oh, is it? Oh yeah, you never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's an old like they, they like that's like I, I've heard that like especially like in the old West and stuff like that. Like in San Francisco, that was a real derogatory term for any Chinese American specifically. Hmm. But like in this movie, it is—it's just like Cooley. Okay, I guess we're gonna have to just call him Cooley in this movie. Which Cooleys were just like unpaid, skilled. But what uh, if you workers? Put, what if you put an O at the end of that name? Well, I know. Whoa! Dang, you sing about gangsters, gangsters paradise. paradise. Man, have you seen how old Coolio looks like these days? Oh Again, no, time happens. With Bill forgetting that time happens. I saw a picture of the other day. I thought it was like a a sad potato sack, but it was Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> he still has the dreads and everything like that. But man, he looks like oof. But yeah. So uh, outside of town, some guy smushes a kid's soccer ball. He could be a good guy. Could be a bad guy. Hard to say with Asian cinema. Supposedly, this is supposed to be a joke because this is the first, this is the next movie that came out oh, after Shaolin Soccer. soccer right, so it's gotcha. Stephen Chow saying like, huh, who, who likes soccer? Soccer's dumb. Mm. Kung Fu's where it's at. Yeah. So, uh. And it's also very, obviously, CGI soccer ball, too. Yeah. Because yeah. he does a little bit of soccer stuff with it and he just steps on it. The kids are like, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he calls himself, he's the boss of the axe gang. And with the fat guy. Well, he's not the. Oh bo- no, he's not boss. Yeah, the his fat, fat guy. friend is yeah. supposed to be the boss. He's Who just the ta- boss's bodyguard. Tattooed on his chest. Yeah, his friend is like is obviously like this big, big fat, like kind of sad faced guy. He's like Sam Tarly from Game of Thrones. He's mm-hmm. just like, hmm. yeah. So uh, he gets a haircut, but it's too good of a haircut. He actually does get a really nice slick nineteen thirties gangster haircut from the. So they try to swin- swindle the stylist into less money. Well, they try to get force the stylist to pay them money for like fucking quote unquote fucking, fucking up, up their haircut, hair, yeah. but yeah. So uh, the guy who isn't the boss tries to pick a fight, but people wind up being taller than him or more buff. This is the animated gift that I've seen from a movie on this, where he's like, "I'll this fight is... you," and the guy stands up and he's really tall. And he's like, "Well, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah, scene yeah. that really Sit shows down. what cartoon universe this movie existed." Because yeah. like, you they don't give a I'll, shit. I'll fight you, old man, but then an old man, he's super buff, and he's like, "Eh, how about the kid?" And the kid's super buff, and well, there's uh, a short guy. The short guy comes out. He's twelve feet tall. Mm-hmm. And this also, this is the point in the movie where they really show they don't give a shit how bad the CGI looks, as long as it's just makes for a funny joke yeah and yeah it's just fucking oh my god and it, like well it's funny because it starts off kind of subtle because at first it's just a farmer lady who's just super strong that fucks him up and i like also just Stephen chow he's dressed in what is supposed to be like a suit mm. but it's just like tattered cut together clothing because like he's got like these tattered lapels and stuff like that he yeah. obviously like stole some kind of clothing and kind of like cut it so it kind of looks like a kind of like one of the suits that the one of the axe gang members would wear but it's like this just shitty gray fabric and i love when his fat friend is like he like he does something where he shakes in his chair while getting yeah. a haircut and you see like his fat keeps on jiggling like homer simpson for five minutes <laughs> and he's got like yeah a- he's got axes tattooed onto his chest in sharpie mm-hmm. it's just i love this movie it's fucking mm. so then the landlord lady shows up with the stylist oh yeah and he tells her that this is a guy who was blackmailing him and she starts hitting him with his shoe uh, he says, I'll call for backup! And he tosses a firecracker, which winds up blowing up some hatchet man's hat. Well, this is supposed to be a callback to the very beginning of the movie, where the like, a little bit, like, I guess gangs in this universe, whenever they're cornered, they'll like, launch a firework that is supposed to be, like, a help sign saying, come help me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Stephen Chow just throws a firecracker over a fence, and he doesn't know that the actual axe gang is on the other side of that fence, I guess, waiting to come in mm-hmm. to invade Pigsty Alley. 
and yeah, yeah. clouds the, form it's very sinister yeah the, so the leader it's not the leader of the action but it's like a lieutenant and it turns out the firecracker that Stephen Chow threw over the fence exploded right next to his hat and blew his hat up. Mm-hmm. And so he's super pissed now he wants to kill everyone in Pigsty Alley. Yeah. So they call the landlady a fat woman. So she <laughs> runs up to say, zooms into bed. Yeah, and this, and the, cartoonishly, like, her legs turn into fucking roadrunner legs and she just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh... Which doesn't make sense, <laughs> considering... Considering how, like, pissed off and snotty she was with everyone right before the accident showed up, it's funny that she does a total heel turn and just, like, just runs away, like, oh, no! Especially considering what you find out with her later in the movie. Yeah, well, I guess she's trying to stick to a vow that she took a long time ago, but... So, uh, the guy whose hat blew up pulls out a hatchet, and the hairdresser's like, he tried to blackmail me, but I ain't afraid. And black screen happens. And then the guy whose hat got blown up winds up beaten up inside a barrel. You see, yeah, Some he kind supposedly got punched. Somebody beat him up by the mustache guy. Yeah, and so like punched so hard he flew across the uh the the, the courtyard and just landed in a barrel. And he's like retarded now. He's like in a coma. He's like <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Uh, so they call for backup uh, firecracker, and I'm very lost and confused at this point in my drunk viewing. Oh, now, God, yeah. Again, if you're drunk and all this stuff, it's... <laughs> and now there's a ton of uh, Axemen at the village. Well, even more guys show up, yeah. Yeah, and they dump gas on some people, and they're Well, like, I think it's now the actual yeah, leader the of the Axe Gang is there. Yeah, he he takes... dumps some gas on a, a lady and a kid, and I was like, who did this? I'll count to three. He reaches three and throws a zippo at them, but then a guy catches it. A coolie guy I think guy it's the coolie guy, yeah. And he's like, I did. And then a fight breaks out. Then a tailor gets, he slams his fist down on, like, a table, and a bunch of rings fly up in the air, and he puts them on his arm. Well, I love how the three kung fu men, well, who's the third guy? Uh, oh, Donut the Noodle Master. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that all their, what what kung fu they specialize in is kind of like an extension of their mo- mundane task. Like, mm-hmm. the coolie guy is just super strong just because he spends all day lifting and hauling stuff mm-hmm. the 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 tailor he's just uh his magic weapon are all the rings that he uses as clothes hangers in his shop and so he busts the, the clothes hanger line and all the rings fall into his wrist and that now he can use the wrists as like gauntlets to fight kung fu and uh yeah donut the tailor or donut the noodle maker he's been using these bamboo poles to roll out the 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 the, the, noodles. the, the dough for the noodles yeah. And so he just uses that bamboo pole in his kunk. That's what he specializes in, like, yeah, the, the pole arm, just kind of stuff. And, yeah, they come out, and it turns out they're super badasses, and they start kicking the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Except I don't know who's the good guys and who's the bad guys yet. Oh, yeah? It's, it's impossible to tell at this point the movie. Going back and watching, sure, but I was like, who? Well, you think the I poor don't people, that well, you think the guys who are th- going to set the poor people on yeah, fire are the bad guys? It, but Although, at if the you're same drunk time, and you're not paying and, attention. And, and the, but the landlady's super racist, so I don't know if she's a good guy or a bad guy yet. Yeah. So... It's all very confusing. Well, I, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was going to be more about gang stuff, not just one gang kind of f- trying to fuck up poor people. Because the, like, the trailers kind of made it seem like it was going to be like, gang warfare. And this is like, oh, okay. It's just more just, okay. Poor yeah. people versus... It's going to be a little, it's gonna be a little more uh, Seven Samurai than, yeah. than Godfather. So Axemen started getting punched and shit. Tommy guns come out, but more people from the village come and start kicking ass. Then it gets dusty. And axe man lose to the three village men. Back at the axe headquarters, the bad guys are acting real bad. 
by that I mean they're like they're, they're I don't know what I meant by that. <laughs> I was gonna try to figure oh, it out. No, but I don't we have know. to rely on your drug notes to get us through the rest mm-hmm. of the film. This may be interesting. Well, the two guys who claim to be Axe brothers that got the haircut aren't Axe men at all. Oh yeah, so they they've dragged wa- them back to the Axe yeah. headquarters. Yeah, okay, they're yeah. just normal. Dudes. Oh, because they're chained up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're gonna kill them, but one of them turns out to be real good at picking locks. They throw something at him, but he drops down at it and narrowly avoids being killed by the axe. Yeah. yeah. And they tell him they'll give him a chance. He has to kill somebody, I guess, to become part of the axe yeah. gang. Yeah. So they're gonna kill somebody, and then they'll be in the gang. So they leave, and the fat guy's like, "Are we really gonna kill somebody?" And he's like, "We'll kill all the people in pigsty." And he's like, "But they're really good at martial arts." Yeah. So, is this them also just walking around, like, Shanghai Town yeah. Square, like, walking down the streets now, just talking yeah. about... Yeah, and Stephen Chow's trying to do, to do his best to try to be evil, because mm. he's like, yeah, I'm gonna kill everybody, brr, 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 brr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he t- he's gonna tell the fatter dude about how he was trained in Kung Fu. He has a flashback to uh, giving a beggar his life savings for a Kung Fu manual. I fucking love this. When he was a youth. Even practiced it on bullies, but it didn't work. He just got beat up and pissed on. Literally <laughs> pissed on. I forgot that he gets fucking pissed on. Some well, girl, some girl's getting picked on. He's, he's trying like, to pick. Hey, you leave there's her a mute girl with yeah. a lollipop that the, yeah. they, these bullies are trying to steal a lollipop yeah. from. And he like, you leave her alone, and then they beat him up and pee on him. <laughs> Which I do love. I love that the whole start of this movie is him just being swindled by a beggar into buying this ten cent karate manual. Which I mm-hmm. fucking there's something about the mundane. Even though he t- ends up being kind of like a chosen one at the end of this movie, <gasps> I just love the idea that, like, well, you could presume that he only he was only approached by this beggar because maybe this beggar has magical powers and kind of see which which kids will... Cusc- well, even, that's what the beggar even says. He says, like, you've got this magic chi yeah, inside you your body. Yeah, good bone structure. Yeah, and at first you think, oh, man, maybe this guy is serious, but it turns out he, it seems like he's just saying that uh, Stephen Chow has the power to become, like, the world's best martial artist someday just to sell him this martial arts manual. Mm-hmm. But I guess this is to be kind of true because that's kind of what happens at the end of the movie. But yeah. So he gets pissed on. And that's when he realized good guys never win. So he wanted to be a bad guy. He wanted to win. So. And it cuts back to modern day. Yeah. yeah. Where they pres- they steal some ice cream from a lady. Which is obviously the same mute girl that he was trying to protect as a kid, but he doesn't recognize her. Because even she's like, oh, I, I recognize you. And then they just grab the ice cream. Oh, he says, oh, I lo-, he says something like, I love the taste of free ice cream. And the lady's confused. And then suddenly he just runs away with the fat guy. Mm-hmm. They hop onto a trolley and he starts laughing <laughs> so much and so loud. And so hard. he starts drooling on himself <laughs> like Stephen Chow going out of way to show how evil he is. And the most evil thing he can do is steal ice cream from a mute girl. But he's just like this, his diabolical laugh on the trolley cracks my shit up so much every mm. time i see this movie but it's great so oh my god in the town and pigs die landlady is giving all the three guys that fought a riot act yeah because uh, now they've brought too much attention on the decisions yeah. of pigsty and they're just gonna and, come back and fuck up the whole yeah. town but the people that they saved from getting burned alive give them food because it's all they got what? yeah they just have like a thing of potatoes yeah yeah and all the three masters are kind of like awestruck by this. Yeah. So they're like, oh my god. One guy's like, oh, just knock it off. No, we don't deserve it or whatever. And, and uh, I think it's the landlady's like, you may know Kung Fu, but you're still a fairy. And he's like, <laughs> this happens a couple he times runs, in the movie where he's he just like starts crying. Couple, and he runs like... a couple feet and cries. <laughs> 
Which is because the rest of the movie, he's just like quote unquote normal yeah. guy, just like, hey, what's it's going not, on? It's not a crime to be good at kung fu. And why's a fairy always a fairy? Look at you. What's with the red underwear? Why not wear a diaper he while you're at it? Parent shorts. Yeah, showing off let his the, red bikini briefs under it. Who cares? Yeah, let the man have some flavor downstairs. Why you gotta yeah. hate? Fucking landlord lady, you and your husband are both spending your, your entire movie in your pajamas. <laughs> Come on, cut this guy some slack. But yeah, so people start talking back to the landlords, but she yells at everyone. She's like, "Thank you, get out, yell me." And she threatens to raise the rent if everyone keeps on like giving her shit for like casting out the three masters. Yeah, yeah. People start talking, uh, but the two wannabe gangsters are at the other end of the yard. They're going to kill her by throwing knives at her. Yeah. Oh, they're hiding inside, like, an alley. Yeah. Yeah, off to the side while she's, like, yeah, confronting all the villagers and everything. And so they try to throw two knives <laughs> at her. This is great. But... Well, Stephen Chow, he has the knives first. Yeah. He yeah. throws one of them. It ricochets off something and bounces back and lands in his shoulder. <laughs> so he throws the other one, and th- that somehow winds up in his other shoulder. So he's so, just standing so, there with two knives sticking out of yeah. his shoulders. So then the fat guy tries and throws it, but the knife... He reaches back, he rears back to throw the knife, but the knife, he accidentally ends up stabbing Stephen yeah. Chow, and what he ends up throwing is just the handle that pops off the blade that mm-hmm. is still buried in Stephen Chow's shoulder, and, it hits and the, just throws the handle. Hits, hits him in the face, the landlady, she's like, well, throw a handle. And it's like sticks to her face and she has to pull it off like a piece of gum. She's like, oh, yeah, who's throwing handles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so stupid. And of course, like, the fat guy's all like, oh, shit. Because, yeah. like, now she sees them hiding in the alley. Yeah, yeah, and they try to run away, but he trips. The fat guy picks up, like, something to throw at them. But well, they're kind of hiding. But then it's, a, like, a cage-type deal. But then all the snakes that were in it apparently fall on Yeah, it turns the out they were trying guy. to hide behind a cage full of snakes this whole time. And, like, and they, yeah. bite, they bite his lips. They bite Stephen Chow on the lips, yeah. And then, then they run away, and she chases them. They split up, and I just stare at what is well, happening on screen in confusion. Well, that guy completely disappears, as, as but Stephen mo- Chow starts running away. As moments pass by that can't really be described. <laughs> it's a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. I mean, this literally, I mean, we're talking about Looney Tunes metaphorically. This is this specifically, it's it's a Roadrunner coyote situation where they're running through, like, the fucking uh, plains of, like, out like outside Shanghai... Just like running a thousand miles per hour, like there's a thing Bobbing where they end up around cars. And yeah, they stuff. run under a ch- uh, like was it uh, Stephen Chow? Like they almost get well, hit by yeah. a truck, but Stephen Chow runs under it. He while slides she flies under a car over it. And she jumps over it, but smashes into a billboard and sticks to it. Just like and... <laughs> yeah, slides down. Coyote it. slide. Yeah. yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> it's great. I just love. Yeah, they're both like running like the whole time. It's great. Their legs, legs just turn into a blur. It is. It's, it's weird. It's it's terrible looking, but it's also fantastic. It's man, it's so then later it. he beats up the inside of I don't know, a stoplight holder? Well, there's like a little It's like a giant <laughs> drum around the, the that hold the stoplight? I guess maybe like the maybe so, like that's a place where maybe sometimes Yeah, it's 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 like this uh p- not pagoda, what's it called? But it's like this yeah, this metal drum where maybe oh it's almost like a lookout tower <sighs> that he's hiding inside that's uh, I don't like know. Uh, uh, on top of, like, this island in the middle of downtown Shanghai traffic that this is, for whatever reason, he's decided to recuperate inside. Yeah. And he's, like, punching it, and there's big dents yeah. coming out. Well, we find dance. out later that he's got, like, Wolverine-style, like, healing abilities, and so his, his body's healing. His lips are all huge and floppy. <laughs> CGI! 
Have you ever seen pumped vaginas? Oh wow! Heavens. Yeah, this is exactly what it looks like, but it's all badly CGI. But it's 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 fucking hilarious to see. But yeah, he starts healing. But I guess the pain of healing causes him to lash out and punch the inside of the steel drum that he's hiding in in the middle of traffic. So like, uh, the entire steel drum just like you see is like his his fists just punching out yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And then he meets up with the fat guy, who's impressed he's fine, and comments on on how he always recovers so fast. Yeah. And back in the town, the people are doing some sort of custom, I guess, where I'm not sure the landlady like pulls out a popsicle and it says horrifically bad fate on it. I don't know what that was. Oh, I think she's deciding what the fates of the three masters are going to be. And I think, well, I think instead of just exiling the guys... I think she decides, fine, fuck it. We're going to leave it up to the fates. There's a little Shinto shrine. Uh, oh, maybe it's a Buddha. Actually, it's probably Buddhist because the whole point of this movie is Buddha. But there's a little Buddhist shrine. And it's, instead of pulling straws, what she has, she has like a uh, little like coffee tin full of sticks which have different fates for mm-hmm. what could happen to the three masters in it. And the idea is that you shake the tin until one of the sticks falls out and whatever stick it is, it's, that is going to be what's going to have to happen to the three masters. Mm-hmm. And the stick that falls out does say horrific fates. Which, then I'm not quite sure how that leads into, because then the next thing we see with the three guys that they're all planning to leave. So I guess horrific fate means they, they're now exiled, I guess? I don't know. Uh, yeah. But the Axemen have hired two Kung Fu masters to fight the town. Which, these guys are supposed to be, like, a specific Blues Brothers joke, because they both mm. have hats and the sunglasses. Okay. And they're both, they, there's even a line where they say, we're not assassins, we're just musicians. Mm. Which is supposed to be a riff on one, okay. one of the things that the guys say in the Blues Brothers, too, yeah. so. so they say they're not the best. The best was some guy that went crazy because his kung fu was so strong. Yeah, this guy known as the Beast was so dedicated to kung fu he lost his mind. Mm-hmm. But they're the second. They're pretty best. strong. They're though. pretty strong though. Yeah, but don't compare them to the best. Yeah, the Beast. So the three kung fu men who saved the town are moving out of town now. Yeah, it's like sunset inside Pigsty Alley. They're all getting ready to leave. So the three guys are like, oh man, I wish the three of us had known each other. They were kung fu masters. It would have been fun to spar. I do like these guys have all been living together for 20 years and none of them realize that the other guys are like kung fu masters yeah. too. But, they're then, all, but another yeah. one's like, oh, we can't spar. We got a pack. Right you are. So they spar. Yeah. And it's a great moment where they all turn to leave and then they all stop and they all know what's about to happen. And then they just start like, it's just a fun way just to show them just fighting each other just for mm-hmm. fun. So we see people living in, in pig style, like somebody's walking and we're following them. And we see people in the background, including a dude who's like shitting on a piece of paper. Yeah, it is this camera tracking thing where you're just kind of seeing, seeing what, like, it's another thing kind of showing what daily life is. I guess without running water, what else are you going to do if you have to take a shit? You're not just going to shit in your own bed. Yeah. You're just going to find a magazine to shit into, I guess. I guess. Yeah. It's a little kid, too. It's just, uh, yeah. I don't think it was. You don't think so? I think it was an adult. <laughs> but he's just pooping on paper. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the fighters is leaving, the coolie guy, I think. But oh, yeah, he's like walking down show an alley. And strum a music and uh, strings. So and the assassins... His, his head gets cut off. Yeah, the assassins have in. a giant... I think it's an air who. I knew that it is a Chinese musical instrument. I don't know if they sometimes become this big. But, like, it's just this giant coffin-sized string instrument that the assassins will strum with their giant, like, clawed fingernails. Mm-hmm. And, like, sound, invisible sound will come out and that acts like a razor blade. As opposed and to visible sound. I'm just, well, that becomes a thing later, though. <laughs> yeah. We actually start seeing the sounds. But, yeah, so uh, it ends up cutting off the coolie's head when he's not looking. Yeah. So. So, uh, 
Linda Taylor's there, and he gets into a fight with them. And oh, he, he doesn't go out like a punk. He gets to fight back. I forgot to mention, Cat gets cut in half too, because that's kind of like how they show. Oh yeah, he's like he's, when the coolie he's dies. Away, yeah. You see, like the coolie's like walking down. You see a silhouette, the cat's jumping in. And I was like, oh man, they got a cat in half in this movie. That's fucked up. But anyway, but yeah, so they're going after the tailor now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the two assassins are using musical weapons, just like in the arcade game Revolution X. <laughs> exactly just like that yeah aerosmith is standing behind and being like yeah i do like how the assassins are sitting at like the mouth of pigsty alley like it's big u-shaped they're sitting in the front of the the open courtyard and yeah they're just like they both kind of like at start like individually taking turns with the air who and they're both they're not they're sitting down but they're not sitting in a chair they're just like sitting on their own legs yeah like just to show again that they're such badass uh, uh kung fu guys that they could just like like almost like a crane just like rest on one bent knee like they sit down invisibly and like with this air who in their lap and they're just strumming yeah shit to just attacking the tailor over and over again and then the other guy the other kung fu master joins and they fight back and go back and forth and the entire time the landlady keeps being like shut up out her window but the landlord's like pulling her inside closing blinds and stuff so then uh that keeps going keep fighting it's all CGI, but it's pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah. And then the land yelly, landlady yells real loud and breaks all their strings. So they can't send out the blades anymore. Yeah, so sometimes somebody, she's got the lion's roar. That yeah, can somebody's break. like, there's another master? And then suddenly the landlord is standing in between the two assassins. And I guess he's made out of rubber because all their attacks bounce off of him. I do well. It's It's... Well, okay, so Landlord Husband ends, ends up making a yin-yang symbol in the dirt while thrashing the shit out of the air who assassins. Mm-hmm. This after he deftly def- deflects most of their attacks by either absorbing their blows like he's made of rubber or avoiding their attacks entirely like he's made of rubber. Uh, presumably because this is how he's learned how to survive being married to Landlord Lady because she's constantly beating the shit out of him. Mm. And I do like how that insinuates that this is how this is his kung fu is kind of comes from having to be constantly beaten by his wife so now like yeah it's either all of his kung fu is based around either ab- absorbing attacks or deflecting attacks and so mm-hmm. yeah he's like all yeah dancing out of rubber or if he gets attacked like the momentum just explodes out of him and all this crazy shit but yeah it's yeah. it's 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 nuts so the bad guys restring get managed to get their weapon restrained and send out a huge attack on them like it's a bunch of fucking ancient Wilkin warrior zombie things yeah but no worries the landlady's there she screams and totally destroys oh them. that's when they and find like, out it's the lion's roar which is a very specific blows off move yeah yeah uh, they're like it's the lion's roar i thought it was a myth uh and this, the entire time the scene's been going on the axe boys have been watching from the car yeah, when the landlady, the leader, roars. the leader, and his like lawyer or something like they're yeah. both in the car just watching the whole time. Yeah, and then suddenly the landlady and the landlord are in the car with them. Yeah, so they've 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 destroyed the clothing of Jake and Elwood. Jake and Elwood run away. Mm-hmm. They've saved the day. Have Taylor and uh don't yeah, they got fucked up? Yeah, they got because they did up. take did they did did take some pretty almost lethal hits from yeah. Jake and Elwood before they get fucked up. But yeah, then suddenly yeah, landlord husband and landlord wife suddenly teleport into the car mm-hmm. with the the leader of the axe gang. She doesn't say anything. She just wags her finger back and forth, like drags her thumb against her throat or something. Cracks her knuckles. Cracks her knuckles and makes some fists. And, uh, Which is a tribute to Bruce Lee doing exactly the same thing in Way of the Dragon. That's a very mm. famous Bruce Lee threat. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... I do love that. She he like, nods spoils. in understanding. And then the Axe Boys leave shaken by to the very core by the encounter. 
and then they accidentally light themselves on fire. I can't remember what they. I think was it like the the Axe Gang's leaders like. He pulls Buddy? out his he pulls out a cigarette and the the guy with the glasses like tries to light it but lines up lighting his hair on fire. Or and he gets on this whole weird thing that like yeah and you see in the next scene that like leader of the axe gang his head is all bandaged up and so it's so like is this, this random... just uh, an Asian version of Axe Cop? Kind of yeah actually that's not entirely wrong yeah. Uh, also which is how random shit in this yeah. movie is a little bit yeah you're not yeah I can see it, that. I, this movie could have used a T Rex with Gatling gun arms. <laughs> And now, these messages. the everyone's sad because the three martial arts dudes are dying or dead yeah yeah and... so cooley cooley's dead uh taylor dies and then donut guy i He's one or dying. two yeah i he think do, i think maybe second. i think the noodle donut guy dies first and then the the taylor guy he dies with like inspirational words or something yeah. like that but people yeah. are like if only you had fought from the start they wouldn't be dead and they're like that the landlord's like, we have our reasons. We saw our only son killed in a fight years ago. And then yeah. one of the villagers like, hey, train us so we can avenge them. And they're like, it takes years. Natural fighters are one in a million. But then the... Uh, it is the, a shame, because the, they could have easily killed... The, if all the five... If the three original masters and the landlord uh, landlords had gotten together, they could have easily just kicked the shit out of the whole hand. The story would be over by now. Yeah. But yeah. So then the guy who was shampooing his... Or, his hair earlier and always has his ass hanging out he's like i'm obviously the one so she punches him obviously not <laughs> she slaps him so hard as like shoe goes flying yeah. yeah so the last of the pretty dudes that's alive is like in great power is great responsibility there's no escaping from it oh then, okay so i must have somebody's been... like donut you're hurt by it don't talk but oh, then okay. donut die he did he's the last of the masters now they're left mm-hmm. completely defenseless because yeah landlord husband landlord wife won't do anything yeah. yeah so then elsewhere in the movie the fat guy and the other guy are picking on some dude with glasses for having glasses it doesn't go well yeah they're just back in the they middle of the shanghai street <laughs> they get yeah. smacked around by the guy with glasses so then this, the thinner of the two is upset because they haven't managed to get anything done. No robberies, no killing, no rapes, no nothing. <laughs> Jesus. So he goes to rob the ice cream lady he ran into, he ran from earlier 
robbing her again. Yeah, this is the one easy target they have to keep on beating up on, which is so sad. Yeah, and she just sheds a single tear. Turns out she cannot speak. She only knows sign language. Oh, it's the girl he tried to save earlier in the movie well, when he was just a young boy. He, he got pissed He steals on. a tin out. They, they managed to unlock her cart, and he steals one of the tins out of there, and he opens it up, and it turns out it's her treasured lollipop, uh, lollipop that, that she's kept for, like, the last 20 years. Yeah. And that's when he realizes that it's the same girl, and then he's like, oh, What a twist! Oh, my God! But then is, don't they still end up robbing her anyway? Well, yeah, she offers, she holds out the candy to offer it to him, and he's like... Bitch, that's 20 years old. Slaps it <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, it's not going to be good tasting these days. No, Have you seen how yellowed this it's plastic wrap is? and there's hairs Ew. on it. This is Sathra's uh, 20 Chinese summers. Mm. It's going to be sweaty and nasty. And, ugh, no. Then they run away. And they split up again. And I guess I guess this is the main the part of the story where the main character burns all the characters he tells him, cares about. Because he's like, yeah. you go away. But then two Axemen... Show up and take Chow. Is it Chow? Stephen Chow. Well, okay. he's the main character. Okay, yeah. Chow. Chow to a the club. The skinny one. Yeah. And they're like, take this money. Go get yourself some new clubs, clothes. Now you're an axe man. So they take him to see they Brother Sun. why. Brother Sun being the leader of the, the axe game. Was the axe game like watching them steal money from... Fuck I can't I remember why they suddenly decided like he's part of the gang now. But know. yeah. Oh, no, because they need... They need oh, his lockpicking That's skills. what it is. They, they, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Because that's what the whole next scene is about. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they take him to a typical pathological center with circus music playing in the background. <laughs> I do. It even says in English, atypical pathological. Yeah. Well, no. So, well, well, the, well the first they take Stephen Chow to the club where the head of the, yeah. the head of the axe gang is there. He's got bandages on his head because he lit his hair on fire the night before mm-hmm. this. And this one he says, oh, hey, we've got a job for you. We need your lockpicking skills. And then it cuts to the next scene yeah. where they're, they're outside of the atypical pathology center, which is a loony bin. And there's even like an evil like storm happening, perpetually happening mm-hmm. over the loony bin. <laughs> and like Stephen Chow's like, what the hell is with this? With Caucasian Boy Scouts? Yeah! I am yet again confused. I don't. I mean, it's Hong Kong. I mean, there's like there's the weird shit. Like, I, oh no, it's not Hong Kong. It's Shanghai. But still, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why so it's suddenly it's a bunch of white has, guys who are in charge of. He the, has five minutes while the Boy Scouts change guards or whatever. Yeah, and they give him a big t- bag of tools that, that he can use to break out the beast mm-hmm. who is who is at the center of this loony bin. At one point, he's sneaking around inside, and a door slides open, and a bunch of blood rushes at him. <laughs> But that doesn't really well, happen. He's sneaking I, I, around I don't know for a what, while. I don't know what the point of that scene was. He's sneaking around for a while. He looks into one jail cell. He gets freaked out while it was another. Another jail cell, an arm reaches out and grabs this bag of tools. And he gets, finally gets down in the basement. He gets That's what happens when he gets to the door where the beast is. Mm-hmm. That it's was a Shining reference. I know, but what's the point I, of it? Well, it's just to show that the, the beast is evil. That like he suddenly, like when he... And, and there's a whole bunch of frogs hanging outside the, the, the beast's de- door cell too. Mm. And But yeah, Stephen Chow has a vision of blood, blood rushing out of the, the door. But that's just a vision. And then he goes and pit, opens up the lock on the door and slides it open. And there's a skeezy looking dude sitting on a toilet. Yeah, it really is because they've been building up this this guy to be the ultimate destroyer of worlds, and it's just like this sixty year old man, like big frog lips and like kind of like like balding with like three hairs on his head, just mm-hmm. looks super disheveled. He's just in flip flops and shorts, and this 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 does not look like the beast you would you would it's imagine got, would be. Yeah, and they're like the top killer. They they take him back to X headquarters, and they're like, name your price. We got you people. You want to ki- We want you to kill. Well, it's funny too because he's back at the X. They 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 take the beast back to X cop 
ex cop headquarters. <laughs> yeah. But like everyone surrounding him just like seeing like they're kind of afraid to see what he might do next, but they're they're also not sure if he's actually who he says he is because they're like he's just this guy who's sitting super nonchalant in a chair in the middle of the Axe Gang's headquarters, just like with his flip flops out, just not he doesn't give a shit about anything and everyone's kinda like, is this really the beast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's killed so many, he's never found an equal. But if they did find his equal, he would do the fighting for free. Yeah, in fact, he would have broken out of the pathology center a long time ago if he if he thought there was anyone worth fighting. Mm-hmm. But he's just stayed in there because he's got nothing better to do because, yeah, he's just going to kill anyone. So. so they want him to show that he's the master. So the guy, Steve Chow wants, he tries to egg the guy into a fight. He runs but over then, and just points him on the forehead. And yeah. says, okay, and then he runs and hides behind a statue. And the beast is like, what are you doing? So then another axe guy starts hitting him in the face. But he doesn't care. And is like, you, you, you hit like that and call yourself a gangster? So then that guy pulls a gun on him. But then the, the, mass, the, the beast takes it, shoots at his own head, but quickly grabs the bullet out of midair. With two fingers. Yeah, and that's what it... I, I do like the thing that uh, convinces everyone that he is the beast. It's not like kung fu prowess, or like it's in physical fighting, but just the fact that he can catch the bullet that is shot from a gun almost point blank range right next to his head. Mm-hmm. He can still catch it with two between two fingers. In the world of everyone... kung fu, speed decide the winner. Exactly, yeah. And so then everyone's like, "Oh shit, okay, maybe we do have a uh, a monster on our hands here." So in the uh, the beast is the best of the best. He's the, the best. The axe gang around. extends its respect. So the beast kicks open a wall and takes us even to the casino on the other side. And then, presumably, he's going out to go 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 fight the uh, the landlords. He's going to go go to his pigsty alley, but they're already he, there. Yeah, he does a big jump and lands behind the card table where the landlords are sitting at it. And they're dressed out. in their best clothing, which means they're both dressed like shitty tourists. Because like they're both like the the landlord uh, wife, she's wearing like hot pants and a little belly shirt mm-hmm. and a fucking. Uh, the landlord husband, he's got this terrible, like, ill-fitting 70s suit on, and they both have sunglasses, and they're, like, yeah, just nonchalantly, just, like, at, at the, like, the craps table or something like that when the guy bursts in. Yeah, yeah. so he, they were already just, like, 20 feet away from the, where the beast was hanging mm-hmm. out. And the beast says, the real master's together in one room, and the, one of the landlords is like, only the world's top killer would have such an aura, and they tell him that they're there to deal with the Axe Gang and only the Axe Gang. They even brought them a funeral bell. Yeah. It's all wrapped up with a bow and everything. So then the Axe Gang uh, tells them they were fools to come or whatever. But uh, the Beast tells the landlords that, don't get me wrong, I'm not on the Axe Gang side. I only want to kill you or be killed by you. Sweet deal. And he's like super into this idea of fighting because he's looking at them like, yeah, I just want a good fight. That's all I care about. Time to fight. Silly style. <laughs> Goofy style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is like just turns into this whole big like three week kerfuffle. Yeah. But the lion's roar doesn't work on him. Oh no. So they start fighting each other around the funeral bell. She keeps slapping Well, it does go it. along for a long, but yeah, it yeah. does eventually end up being by the funeral mm-hmm. bell. Yeah. She sense, eventually hits the top of the funeral bell off, and they use it to amplify the lion's roar. Shit gets blown all over the place. Essentially destroys most of the Axe hideout. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, even before the end of the fight, though, I do love the cartoon physics at play when the beast fights the landlords. 
Uh, specifically the bits where the beast twists husband's wrist until the torque blows up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And again with the beast twisting la- uh, landlord lady's wooden fighting pole until the torque splinters that and her sleeve and husband has to pinwheel her around to release all that energy so she doesn't go flying off into the sun. Yeah. I just love the cartoon physics of that, of like <laughs> having to like release that energy so she doesn't get it fucked up too. But like it's 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 it's, it's a great fight and they end up destroying most of the, the Axe Gang hideout. But yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So the beast is looking pretty rough, and he's like, I didn't know the lion's roar could be done with a speaker. I do that. That is a great way to smuggle in a tool that can help them, though, is that, like, yeah, they chop off the top of the funeral bell and use that as an amplifier, but, like, yeah, but still not. It it does fuck up uh, the beast a little bit, but it's not enough to win the fight, though. So they let their guards down, because, of course, they do. (laughs) Well, you don't have a movie if they actually do win, but, yeah. And the beast launches some gold lotus weapons at them, and then they get all tangled up with each other. Oh, he concedes defeat for a moment, because he's all like, hey, you got me, and they're like, ho, 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 and then, yeah. And then they're all tangled up doing wrestling holds on. He stabs him in the stomach, and they realize instead of, they can't quite defeat him, but they're at least going to lock him down by both, like, kind of like getting in a pretzel move with him where he can't get out, even though they've been stabbed in the stomach, and they're both bleeding out. Yeah. Yeah. So then the leader of the Axe Gang hands Stephen Chow a big piece of wood and is like, go hit them, because that'll work against Kung Fu Masters. (laughs) Yeah. Hit him. Smack them. Hit them. Smack them. Whatever. Steve Chow gets frustrated at the different orders and hits the Axeman leader on the head. Yeah. Making blood gush out everywhere. Really does whack him pretty hard, though, yeah. yeah. And then he runs over and smacks the Kung Fu Master, on the beast on the head. I don't know why he hit that guy, but all right. So then he proceeds to get his face pounded into the ground with blood well, sprayed everywhere by the old Kung Fu Man. if the beast just shakes off the landlords, but something he does, like, shake off their grip. Yeah. And just... <laughs> this is pretty brutal. Yeah, repeatedly. So, oh no no! no, no. He, punches he punches him the one his face time. into the ground. Yeah, Stephen Chow's face. Stephen ha- Chow's hand reaches up with a little piece of wood and Boink. taps him on the forehead. Taps him on the forehead, <laughs> and then he punches the fuck out of his face a dozen Barely more times. Buries him into the dirt with his punches, like. And even then, like, then the beast walks away or something. The landlords come over to try to collect him. They're, like, both horrified because you don't see it, but, like, his face seems to have been beaten literally into, like, Orange Dew's pulp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, yeah, so, would make sense because, yeah, oh, my so God. So then the landlords vanish and they took away Stephen Chow. Yeah. So the axe leader yells at them, oh, you're going to let him get away. So he back, so... He yells at the beast. Yeah, he yells at the beast. He let them get away. So the beast just kind of backhands him and his head spins around a couple times. Yeah, and now... And, and you never see that character again, because well, his neck is destroyed. He's standing for a second, but yeah, you see he drops over dead, because yeah, his head neck has been broken five times over from one gentle slap from the beast. Mm-hmm. Which does make sense. His, his, like, the, the, the axe hangs... His only power was, like, shooting people and being an asshole, but, like, he has no kung fu power, dancing. He can't even exist in this world of kung fu, so he gets whacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the landlords take Stephen Chow to a shrine all stad style and ask him if he's got any last requests he writes something and they're like i don't know chinese oh in blood yeah Yeah. well yeah they go back to the picture and they're inside it's not chinese it's a lollipop oh no and they don't know what that means you girl he smashed regrets he has a few so the dumpy guy he was hanging out Looks is sitting on the curb, looking up at the spot. Yeah, old well, W guy's punched... back in downtown Shanghai. He's back in that main square. Yeah, yeah. punch shit that he healed last time. 
and all the fit. It's just, it's just, I just reestablishing it that he can heal himself. Yeah, like this that. is the way they, like, the movie just reintroduced like the idea of, like, okay, don't worry, he's not going to be completely died. He does have magic healing powers. Yeah. Don't, don't forget. The Axe Gang and uh, the Beast are hunting him down. Yeah, they show up at the pigsty. Yeah, looking in Chinese medicine and stuff. And yeah, well, they 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 end up going to the wrong. There's like Chinese medicine clinic up on the second floor, and they go running up there, just assuming that's where uh, Stephen Chow's going to be recuperating. But nope. Uh, well, as the, well, all this is going on, there's a whole thing about how Stephen Chow's wrapped up in bandages. Yeah. And and then you see a the word that is going to die. Big music cue. Yeah. And we see a butterfly coming out of cocoon because symbolism. Well, the movie even starts out. The title of the movie is Kung Fu Hustle, written in the dirt in the desert with a butterfly fly, yeah. flying around. You realize, oh, this is the theme of the movie. Him being wrapped up in bandages is a chrysalis. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they, they, they they're super cartoony with driving the point home by showing a butterfly coming out of the chrysalis, and then it cuts back to Stephen Chow. He's in this bandages, but like the bandages start to wrap up and ex- start to expand. As they're about to explode, and they're like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" And suddenly, cuts back to the Axe Gang being outside, and they're like, "Yeah, looking for, yeah. The, for the." So now Stephen Chow is gonna handle shit. Yeah. So yeah, his, the the bandages explode. He comes out, and not only is he fully perfectly healed, but his he's got a haircut. He's got he's a bash. Shaven. He's got a perfectly new outfit on. He's got mm. Bruce Lee pants on. He's got like a waiter's jacket. Mm. He looks like <laughs> an angel, a kung fu angel. Yeah. And the landlords are like, "Who knew the beast could clear the chi flow?" And thus unleash the boy's true potential. Yeah. He is the one. So, yeah, the Stephen Chow just needed to be almost brutally murdered in order mm-hmm. to clear his chief flow so he could reach his full potential as the beggar when he was a child once prophesied. So everyone starts attacking him, but he went every time. Yeah. Well, even, a- yeah, the first, like, five minutes of the fight, he only uses, like, well, he's not, he's, at first, he's not even attacking, or he's just, like, simply dodging the blows, and then finally he starts using one arm, and then he starts using the second arm, and then he's finding, like, normal kung fu after a little while, but, yeah. He's so just he, handedly kicking the shit yeah, out of everybody, he, he, though. He fights us, everyone, and then it's just him and the beast. He beats him up for a bit, but then he, he, ter- he beast turns into a frog? <laughs> That's a Welcome to Kung Fu, Chinese, anthropomorphism, animism, magic, weird shit. Where, like, yeah, I guess... And it's it's all silly and entertaining, CGI fun. But when the Beast and, and Steve Chow actually do some, like, legitimate, like, blocking and punching and actual, like, fisticuffs, I, I like that better. Yeah. I wish they had done more of that. Yeah. Instead of all the CG. The CGI is fine, S- Stephen- and it fits the movie, but... Stephen Chow is in love with CGI enhanced stuff. In fact, actually, I've never seen his movies after this, but it sounds like he's even, even bought in more into the crazy special effects and mm. stuff like that. But yeah, it is it is nice to see some actual kung fu going on for a while, but yeah, like there's a couple times where Stephen Chow kicks the, the beast into the dirt, and the dirt and and the beast counterattacks by like kind of turning partially into a frog and jumping at him. There's a whole thing where the uh, the beast is jumping at Stephen Chow and like knocking him through walls and like, like half the, of Pigsty Alley is being destroyed. The beast's thighs get all engorged and ripped his pants <laughs> in a very CGI way, and his face gets all bloated. He starts riveting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the hell's going on here? The beast launches Stephen Chow into the air with the, uh, but he. And but, so, he does but, a Pokemon Team Rocket style where yeah. it eventually kicks him. He like goes, Stephen Chow goes flying into the air and you hear the little twinkle and the little flashes. Yeah. He's, like, he's thrown into orbit But don't worry. Stephen Chow lands on an eagle in the sky <laughs> and jumps oh, off it to come back up. down. Well, no. He lands, he flies in the air, lands on an eagle, jumps back up into the air again, sees a giant cloud bank turn into Buddha. Mm. Buddha smiles upon him 
And then Stephen Chow's like, okay, I know what I must do. He's now cleared his chi. Now he has the power of the Buddhist palm, mm-hmm. which is the he whole catches... point of the 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 Chinese uh, kung fu manual that he was giving in a, uh, when he was a child. He catches... and he starts coming down yeah, from orbit. He catches orbit. on fire. Yeah, and with one hand extended, and gives the beast the Buddha palm, and the, the beast is like, "I surrender," but he don't. He's gonna stab him with a thing. Well, the Buddhist palm is this big thing where like Stephen Chow just puts out his hand and doesn't actually make direct contact, but like the air burst from coming down from orbit at light speed, mm-hmm. like, pushes, creates this giant, like, hand-shaped crater in the ground in the middle of Pigsty Square, crushing the frog guy, crushing the beast, mm-hmm. and the beast gives up, and that's when, yeah, he does the same thing to Stephen Chow as he did to the uh, uh, landlords earlier by, like, yeah, he's got the magic golden lotus sticky yeah, things. That he tries to use on, on Stephen Chow, but he doesn't. He grabs it and, like, spins it into the air. And it yeah, it turns into away. a toy. It's, like, oh, so beautiful. And he's like, what kind of beast? Ask him what kind of move that was. And he says, if you want to learn, I'll teach you. And the beast goes, master! He's finally he got what he wants. He's got, yeah, he's got someone who can beat him. He can learn some more. So, yeah. So the gold lotus turns into a real flower. And the mute girl is happy now. But everywhere this she... ending is really wrapped she up. She looks where around. <laughs> and everywhere she looks, there's lollipops. Now the Kung Fu man and the fat guy run a candy store. <laughs> this is okay, yeah. Because that's the obviously... The, that's and some obvious. ugly little blonde kid comes running out of it. He's like, I'm on a golden ticket! <laughs> and the camera spins With around. With Tom and Jerry, you're yeah, right. So he there comes too. out and they stand there and look at each other. Camera spins around them. They change back to their child, children selves. Smile at each other. Take each other's hands. Run into the store. And blah, blah, blah. The end. With the guy... Not the quite, kung, though. The, sold this the Kung kills Fu me. magazine. Oh, man. Selling it to some kid with snot dripping out his nose. Literally snot. Only now, there's like ten more volumes. Oh, I fucking love... This is one of the things that kills me that they never have made. So, so Stephen Chow has said he's always wanted to make sequels to Kung Fu Hustle, but he's never gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea that there's like the that same beggar still out there, not aged at all, but now he's hawking five more manuals mm. with this equal power to the uh, Buddhist palm technique. And I always thought that was a great way to end off a movie and especially that he's gonna uh, like this kid has this pick of any one of these super badass skills he could eventually learn someday i just thought it was always a great way to set up definitely even if even if there is never a sequel but i love the idea that was just one power you can learn there's five more martial arts out there you could learn it's like which that's a big thing in Chinese martial arts mythology is the idea that, like, martial arts manuals, if you could just find that manual, you could, you could essentially mm. practically become a god. And I yeah. love the idea of this beggar so essentially got the power of gods in his pocket that he's just selling for 10 cents. Well, it's just, I fucking that, love it. That sure was a taste of Asian cinema. Oh, yeah. That's... That was some kung fu shit. What'd you think? Well, there's some decent fighting in it. Which was taken away by some of the crazy CGI that it forced. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, but that is also a 12-year-old CGI. That's, but that's, even then, at the time, it looked terrible. That's the feel the movie was going for. Yeah. It didn't shy away from it, and it made it feel actually like a unique movie. Uh-huh. Even if other movies have done it before or after, like the, in in Chinese cinema. Like Kung Pao, was, Enter the Fist? Fuck no. <laughs> Uh, I saw people when this movie came out I have, was like comparing the two. Movie. I just no, saw the commercial you. with the CGI Matrix cow. I saw that guy's TV like special he oh, did. Yeah? It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my so life. So I guess when they were doing Kung Pao, Kung, Kung Pao under the fist. I know huh? people my age like love that thing. I've seen people jerk off about that movie. I'm like, you gotta be a fucking fool. I think it's like Tim and Eric where 
you had to be there. People are like, no, no, it's not. It's not that. It's like, no, it's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to not oh, be funny, and that's what makes anti-comedy. It funny. Yeah, and I fucking can't stand Tim and Eric. I hate it to death. It's the worst thing on television. All I know about Tim, and, it's Tim and Eric anymore. is that people talk about Tim and Eric. I've tried to watch it. I tried to watch Tom go to well, the Well, it's like Rick Tom and Morty. I hear about it, and I just found out about it recently. I was like, oh, it's just bad, Back to the Future. Like, it's, yeah. Tim and Eric's all of their shit. It's never made me laugh. Were they, were they radio guys? They're, no, they're thinking adult like Tim swim and Opie. guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're thinking Anthony and Opie. Oh, really? They were adults swim? Did they have yeah. a cartoon? Yeah, they had Tom Goes to the Mayor first, which was awful. Oh, never seen it. And yeah, I hate them. I hate them so much. I know a lot of people love them. Good for you. If they can make you laugh, awesome. But I can't. You're not a bad person if you like them. But yeah, wish I found them funny because so many of my friends do and think they're hilarious. But it's to me, it's the least funny shit ever to not be funny. Okay. But anyway. Uh, this is my first real taste of this kind of Asian cinema, so I think it's going to feel truly unique to me, so anything else I try that's going to have the same flavor I'll always compare it to this. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. I'll watch um, it again. Would you be curious to see Stephen Chow? No! <laughs> what? Stephen Chow, he made, uh, his last couple movies were the Enter Journey to the West, which mm. was his live-action adaptation of uh, the Journey of the West, uh, the Monkey God. Oh, yeah, Have you yeah, ever heard yeah. about that Chinese mythology? Yeah, yeah. Where no. it's like this, but only it's like, mostly CGI. Only 80% of all Asian cinema is based on exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Where it's, yeah, like pig guys and monkey guys. and Yeah, uh, but it sounds like he's even dug more into the kind of like everything just being kind of half CGI. Mm. Kind of. It sounds like he's kind of like China's... Uh, who's the guy? James Cameron. It's only if James, James Cameron wanted to... <laughs> if he was just trying to make red and stimpy cartoons mm. out of live action people but uh he also uh Stephen Chow just also made a movie about a mermaid which is also one of the he's Stephen Chow's like one of the biggest Chinese filmmakers out there like yeah. every movie he makes it essentially becomes the new biggest hit in China ever yeah. um but yeah it's fun bloody yeah, okay, okay good time yeah. especially I love the, the um, fact that you could even remember it half of it while drunk yeah yeah that would that was that was a weird way to watch I, you that know what movie. I was watching it and I was like, fucking, there are people out there that their whole, like, YouTube thing or podcast thing is, I get drunk, I watch something, and then I talk about it. Man, taking notes while you're drunk, no thank you. No, well, you texted me to again. apologize for the fact that your notes would be a mess, because <laughs> while you were drunk, you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about. I was like, oh, I got to retype that, because no, none of the letters <laughs> are correct. not going to know what I'm talking about, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kids time with it. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I liked it. Did, had you heard a lot of people hyping this up, up this movie before? Back in the day, yeah. But not recently. No. Which that's a good way because like this movie is good, but if you have people saying, "Oh my god, you got to see Kung Fu Hustle. It's the best Kung Fu movie ever." I mean, it, it was probably wouldn't hold up to that. It was but... it was a chuckle movie where I was like, yeah. <laughs> now and then, but it's, it's not like a laugh out loud type of movie. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's funny it, enough. It's a nice little candy bar of a movie. Yeah, and it's I not supposed I didn't to be watch it on a giant screen like you. I watched it on my a small TV mm-hmm. screen, so. The CGI didn't look as bad as it could have. <laughs> oh, man. I, when he, I watched it when on 4K like, TV. When he, like, stomps on people's feet and f- pancakes them, that didn't look that terrible. Or it looks but... like a PlayStation game. Yeah. Well, just, like, especially at the beginning of the movie, where he's being confronted by... He's trying to pick up a... Pick out pick out a random pigsty uh, person to yeah. beat up on. When, like, you've got a little kid who is obviously just CGI'd on his, like, full-grown man's body. Mm-hmm. It just looks so bad, but it's, it adds to the humor in my 
uh in my estimation because it looks they knew it looked terrible they were like fine funny it's the it's the good cgi is not the point of the joke the point of the joke is just that it's a kid's head on a little kid's body and the surprise of steven child going oh, okay maybe i'm not gonna fight you that's yeah it's yeah. it's yeah a comedy like this you're not supposed to be worried about the best special effects but yeah that was as it's this is the first time i've seen it since i saw it that one time in theaters and okay. it, it, it held up pretty nicely yeah uh trivia about the movie uh hong kong kung fu legend and frequent jackie chan collaborator sammo hung was supposed to choreograph all of the fighting in kung fu hustle but he had to leave halfway through filming so young poo young Wu ping from the matrix movies was brought was brought mm. in to replace him Wu ping's uh younger brother played the beggar selling martial arts manuals mm. yeah Wu ping did matrix and crouching tiger hidden dragon he's the yeah. big wushu wire work guy who's been famous yeah. for like the last 20 years um but yeah i'm kind of curious because samuel hung he did yeah work with jackie he's more the more physical end of the kung fu that we were talking about that we tend to prefer yeah and so i'm kind of curious to see how much of his work actually wound up in the finished film i was assuming it's mostly more of the physical stuff like like the three masters at the beginning and stuff and maybe not so much like the cgi flying around like with the beasts and things mm-hmm. um the landlord husband played by yen Hua, was bruce lee's stunt double in fist of fury and enter the dragon he also wound up in a bunch of Shaw Brothers kung fu films, which are always good. And this is a movie I actually want to tackle for the for the podcast sometime. A movie from 1985 called Mr. Vampire, which started uh, its own subgenre in China of martial arts kung fu hopping it, zombie. I was going to say, is it their hopping zombies? It's the hopping okay. zombie, yeah, genre, which that yeah, Mr. Vampire kind of started. Which it's mostly people just kicking the shit out of like corpses that are just bouncing around all over the place. Which nice. that sounds it was like the Chinese Ghostbusters yeah. of its times. Uh Landlord Wife, uh played by Yang Shi, uh played a student who saves Roger Moore's life in the man with the golden gun. That mm. was her one big credit before this. Uh she retired from acting for nineteen years and wound up being cast in Kung Fu Hustle because she had accompanied a friend to the casting calls and Stephen Chow loved her I don't give a fuck attitude. Hmm. So he went, That's the lady I want, even though she's not actually trying out. She's cool. Hmm. And the beast was played by Bruce Lung, who was some sometimes credited as the third dragon of Hong Kong cinema after Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. He was a big part of the Bruce Ploitation movement as one of a bazillion actors who performed under the names Bruce Leung. Bruce Liang and Bruce Leong after Bruce Lee's death. Hmm. So he was totally like, yeah, one of those guys like, well, Bruce Lee's dead, but we're going to try to pretend to be Bruce Lee and try to trick people into yeah. thinking this is a Bruce Lee movie, which is funny because you see the guy, granted, he is older now, but I can't imagine anyone confusing that guy, even a young version well, of that guy, that, from Bruce like, Lee. Everybody knows Bruce Lee's dead. You're not going to, nobody's going to be like, That's well, the maybe weird he thing, fell Unless news travels super slow in China, I guess. Yeah. So it's funny that, like, Landlord Husband was actually Bruce Lee's stunt double, and then you got the guy who's the villain of the movie was the guy trying to cash in on the fact that Bruce Lee was dead uh, being in the same movie, but... Yeah, that's kind of the story of that movie. It's just, yeah, not, not, not too much other trivia other than just all this CGI stuff and everything like that, but... It's... Yeah, Stephen, Stephen Chow followed this up with a movie called C7, which is, a, like, an E.T. ripoff, mm-hmm. everyone says. It's about this kid who, who meets an alien little fluffy Muppet. Yeah. And, like... That and I guess that got turned into a cartoon. He did the Journey to the West movies. He did a movie about it called The Mermaid. It just came out last year. That's supposed to be like the biggest hit in China ever. And mm. yeah, Stephen Chow's gone on to, even though he's he's he kind of stopped doing kung fu movies after this because this and Shaolin Soccer were big kung fu movies. Although he also just he also did God of Cookery, which I don't think is a kung fu movie at all. Mm. So I guess maybe the kung fu movies are kind of like the minor- minority in his own body of work. But which is funny because he. 
turns himself into Bruce Lee by the end of that movie. You think he would make more of a thing of like I'm going to be Bruce Lee in all my movies, but no, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What are we doing next time? <sighs> We're going well, to switch up gears a little bit. Switch turns gears. Uh, we just did DuckTales: The Legend of the Lost Lamp last week, which mm-hmm. was the DuckTales movie. Uh-huh. I hope people don't mind indulging me because next week we're gonna get a little more ducks going on. We have all the ducks to give. Uh, we're gonna attack a comic book next time. Howard the Duck. <laughs> I love Howard the Duck comics. There's is there a Howard the Duck comic going on now? I think so. Yeah. Um, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 last night, and I was surprised to see how the duck kind of show up in the middle of that, too. Mm. Even though he shows up at the end and the credits of the first one. But, right. uh, yeah, next week we're going to do the life and times of Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, I wanted to do some Carl Barks Scrooge McDuck comics, because uh, he's the guy who really kind of turned... He, he's the guy... I think he invented Scrooge McDuck yeah. for the comics, and he's the guy who... You know, set the template and, and stuff for the whole Scrooge McDuck, Indiana Jones-style adventure comics. But uh, while talking to people about that, everyone was kicking and screaming about how if I'm going to start anywhere with Scrooge McDuck comics, I should really try The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, yeah. which is a comic put out in the 90s by an artist-writer named Don Rosa, which is actually kind of like a, I don't want to say fan art, but it's a tribute to the Carl Bark stuff, where it essentially pieces together... It is the life and times of Scrooge McDuck. It's essentially a biography of Scrooge McDuck, kind of filling yeah. in the, all the gaps left behind by the original Carl, Carl Barks comics. Mm-hmm. And so I've got the volumes of that. And so, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be checking that out for next week. Um, the only problem is uh, this, the life and times of Scrooge McDuck keeps on falling in and out of print all the time. Mm-hmm. So finding a print copy of the, these, these books, I spent $100 wow. getting those two tiny little books right there. Just to get it for the uh, podcast, but you can find digital copies in the internet dumpsters, uh-huh. which I got a spare copies. I'm going to lend to you so you can read it along with me. So yeah, next week we're going to be talking about the lifetime of Scrooge McDuck. Hopefully, anyone listening to that already ha- owns a copy of it or can just find it in an internet dumpster to read on their iPad or whatever. But so yeah, a little bit I flipped through. It seems pretty cool so far. Yeah, seems to be the kind of adventure stuff I was hoping the Ducktales movie would be, but wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Funny that. Funny that. Yeah. Funny that. Funny. <laughs> so next time is going to be more... I don't know. We're going, we're going out Mary Poppins this time. Uh, he's modern on Twitter. Open to Grand on Twitter. Totally poor guy on Twitter. Oh, you all got your call. I think your lower jaw's popped off. <laughs> I don't call blimey. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, we're all Shouldn't over the Shouldn't it be a Scottish accent if you're going to be doing... An accent while we're talking about the last... Twitterpodcast.com. That's Oof. Irish. Yeah. Scottish is a little... Unless you... Scottish. What does Scrooge McDuck sound like? Hey, Wibby. What are you doing there? There you Wibby. go. Wibby. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect Is Wibby time. even in the original no, Scrooge? No, she's a DuckTales. She's just cooked up just to have a girl character in the in the comic. Yeah. In the cartoons, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Webigail. Webigail. That's actually great. Yeah. I love DuckTales. But yeah, uh, also that episode... Uh, should be airing two days before the new DuckTales series uh, begins proper on September 23rd. Mm. And so, yeah, check in next week. We're going to be talking about... Scrooge. Scrooge. More you Scrooge almost stuff. started singing the DuckTales theme, but... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but oh, it's Scrooge. hard to think about Scrooge from Duck and not think of... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Okay, we're not we can't end two episodes in a row singing the DuckTales theme. No, okay, instead we're going to dance our way. Daniel, you're welcome to get drunk and read Scrooge McDuck comics next time. I'm kind of yeah. curious to see what you think while you're drunkenly trying to read comic books. 
The words keep spinning off the page. I'm also happy too because I've been meaning to like we've been doing so many movies lately. We haven't done any comics or games recently. Have we done? Is this the first comic we've done? Yeah. Uh uh, breaking berries are part of the party. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. We do that. We do gonna be back. We gonna be back later. Okay. And until you go, you'll be back later. Keep finding your holiday pop culture. Okay. Hello, everybody. Take care, guys. Bye.